0: We need an audacious kind of prayer, like Jabez. And we need to let God manifest His power through our lives. Uh, turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, a very familiar passage for many of us. And uh, we're going to... Uh, I'm going to speak on one of the characters in the Bible and uh there's not that much in in the scripture so if you're there first chronicles chapter 4 and uh let's stand uh all of us please as we read all together verses 9 and 10 verses 9 and 10 first chronicles chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 if you're there let's begin and jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, O oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. You may be seated. You know the life of David is uh, not David, but Jabez is tucked, okay, tucked in in part in a part of the Bible that um, this is just my opinion that most of of uh, Christians probably do not often read, and that is the first nine chapters of First Chronicles. If you notice, their first nine chapters there's all a bunch of names, and pronouncing the, these names can you know, sometimes be uh, a challenge to many of us. I have difficulty pronouncing different names in this passage as well. And you almost wonder why God would put these names in the Bible, and we wonder about the value of such a list. You know, I think you question that as well. Have you ever questioned that yourself? You know, why there's so much names in the list now if you want to know the answer you need to take the old testament survey in the at pwbc Um, well behind these names behind these names god wants to show he wants to show us that he continues to work out of his plan because he's sovereign correct you know people will disobey god or even people will follow god but still the truth still remains that he is sovereign. Another one that we, and furthermore that we can see in these names that he wants to show us that he is faithful in fulfilling his promises and in this context, establishing the Davidic royal line. But amidst this list of names, you see God uh, singles out one person. And as if God is inviting us to take notice of this person. After these two verses, the author Ezra continued to mention names again. And he, Jabez, is almost lost in a long genealogical list of the opening parts of First Chronicles. Yet, as we examine his brief life, recorded here in First Chronicles chapter 4, the truth emerges that, we, that he was, the Bible says, more honorable than his brothers. You may ask, in what way? In what way Jabez was more honorable than his brothers? What is it that makes a person honorable from God's perspective? Because that's very important, not in the perspective of men, but in the perspective of God. Three particular qualities occur in a person's being honorable. But before we continue, let's commit this sermon and time to the Lord. Let us us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we acknowledge you are the source of wisdom. We acknowledge that you are on the throne. We acknowledge, Lord, your faithfulness in our lives, though our lives are most of the time we see that we're unfaithful. But Father, we ask Lord, for your grace. We ask for power. We ask that you would open our hearts and even our eyes and our understanding as we dive in into the life of Jabez. Lord, what's in his life? That your word says that he's more honorable. And I ask that, Lord, that you would speak into our hearts. Help us, Lord, to go out from this place, change, renewed, encouraged, and even prob- probably, Lord, you're talking to us in a, in a rebuke manner. Lord, strengthen our faith in you. Be with us in our midst, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, before we dive in into the uh, life of Jabez in our passage tonight, allow me to give you the historical setting of our passage so we can understand uh, the situation back then. Now, um, as I doing research and reading, Jabez lived in the days of Judges. But if you can see there, there's nothing mentioned whatsoever. But Jabez lived in the days of Judges. And we know that before the Judges and in the time of Joshua, God fulfilled His promise to the children of Israel. And what is that? giving them the promised land and so god gave a portion of land to each tribe of israel and so therefore we can see the faithfulness of god correct and afterwards they even they the children of israel promised god that they will not forsake him and this is what you can see in chapter 24 of joshua they promised god that they will not forsake him the god of israel to serve other gods. But we know what happened, correct? But the children of Israel struggled to live for God. Instead of obeying Him, they follow after the gods of the Canaanites. So in the days of the judges, they struggled to possess the entirety of the land that God promised them because of their unbelief and rebellion against God the land that had been given to them was still inhabited by the people God commanded them to put out. You know, the Canaanites, the Philistines, Sidonians, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, Jebusites, the Hittites, all of those people, instead of driving them out as God commanded them, they co-inhabited with them The land that God had exclusively, exclusively given to His people. Their, and then their faithfulness to God slowly drifted away, slowly drifted away amidst the ungodly temptations all around them. They intermarried instead of looking for a spouse from among God's people, and that's a you know, um, for us to learn as well. They looked at the people around them. As usually happened, they were pulled down. They were pulled down, and Israel went to serve other gods and gave into unbelief. And here we are told in Judges chapter 21, verse 25, in those days there was no king in Israel, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, the days of, judge, of the judges were times of deep spiritual darkness. But amidst, you see, the, amidst of the spiritual ju- uh, darkness, Jabez stood for what is right and pleasing in God's sight. The Bible says that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. As I mentioned earlier, there are three particular qualities that we can learn from Jabez's life. And first, if you're a note-taker, we should be honorable despite problems. We should be honorable despite problems. And you can see that in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And what are the problems that we can see here in verse, in verse 9? Well, the first thing is the problem with his father. <laughs> now, if you notice, like even you go before the chapters and after the, the uh, chapters of the verse that we, we just read, if you notice that in chapters 1 to 9, Ezra lists the fathers, right? But here we can see that the author omitted the name of his father, now, perhaps he did something wicked that led his father's name to be omitted from the list. We don't know. We don't know. We just leave it to the Lord because it's never mentioned there. I remember there was a, there was a, a president in, you know, in, the, in the Philippines uh, who for many years did so much, so much uh, wickedness or evil to the Filipinos and that when he died, some suggested burying him in the burial place of the heroes. Well, of course, that didn't turn out well, but many people opposed that suggestion because for them, he was a dictator. For them, he's not a hero. And you can see it also, it's, and I, I think it's just like you know, a glorified imagination or hypothesis here that perhaps his father did wicked in, this, in, in the sight of God. We really don't know. So that's the first problem we can see here. No mention of his father. And the second one is the problem of his life. Now, there's no mention is made when he lived, how long he lived, and when he died. Now, I tried, as what I, I've, I've, I said, that I tried researching outside, outside of the passages. You can't really do much with other passages in the Bible. But the majority of the writers and authors, including rabbinical uh, tradition, believe that Jabus lived in the era of the Judges. But nothing is known of when he was born and when he died. And knowing this, Jabez's life was never easy. And I'm not saying that he was the only godly man who ever lived during, during that time because he, we will see later on that he was not the only honorable man during his time. He lived in an era of spiritual darkness and faithlessness, right? In the days of the judges. But, you see, Jabez was different from those around him. He was different. He lived against the flow of godlessness. Now, if you learn from the stories and events of the Bible, living against the flow of the world... It's never it was never easy. We know that this is not an easy path. So you have the problem, the problem uh, with his father, problem of, of uh, his life uh, or circumstance around him, and also the third one, the problem with his birth. And this includes sorrow. Now pain, pain is always involved in child's birth. I don't I'm a man, okay? I don't um, feel that. Praise the Lord. Um, But God told Eve that in sorrow, thou shalt bring forth children. Correct? So we understand that. We understand that. But his birth left an indelible mark on his mother, so much so that his mother named him Jabez. And what the name of Jabez means? Causing pain or sorrow. And it was a constant reminder of the agony of his birth. The Bible says, because I bear him with sorrow. It must have been difficult for, for him growing up, right? Now, you imagine people, you know, here comes Mr. Pain or Mr. Sorrow. And all through his life. He bare that name, and he had to carry that name. But despite those problems, you know, we don't know his, his father. The problem around him doing evil and wickedness in the, in the sight of God, his name was really like a discouraging name. But despite of those na- problems, the Bible says that Jabez was more honorable. And this is a great reminder for, for us, for all of us, that life, that life does not need to be always good or everything needs to be in place to be honorable in the sight of God. And we have to remind that for ourselves. Life does not need to be always good or everything needs to be in place to be honorable in the sight of God. We can all be honorable in the sight of God. To be honorable has the idea of abounding, being rich you know, in the sight of God, living above the minimalist kind of Christian life, a life that is fruitful in the sight of God. So we should be honorable despite problems. And secondly, we should be honorable in piety, which means that with our devotion to God. And we can see that in, in his life in verses 9 and 10. Now look in verse 9, the degree of honor is significant. Notice in verse 9, it says there, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Now the Bible says that he was more honorable than his brethren. Just by observing that, it is safe to assume That his brothers were honorable, correct? Just just being being observable. The Bible says he's more honorable, and therefore it's safe to assume that his brothers were honorable. They're not wicked than like the others around him, around them. But Jabez, the Bible says, was more honorable, and this is what I'm trying to say: living above and beyond like a status quo, a minimalist kind of life for God, a life that was more honorable than his brother. As I mentioned earlier, Jabez was not the only one who was known to be honorable, his brethren too. But he was more honorable than them. And I think based on the verses, we can see the description of honor. So look with me in verse 10. He was more honorable... And I believe, based upon the scripture here, he was more honorable of his prayer life. Prayer life. Look, look with me here. The object of his prayer. The object of his prayer. Where he is. Who is the object of his prayer? The Jabez, verse 10, And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Now, I like that phrase. Because imagine with me here. Many people during that day, where do they put their trust and prayer to the gods of the canaanites and that separates his prayer for many who prayed to the heathen gods back then the god of israel you know if you imagine you know this as well by reading the scripture the god of israel is the one who actually uh, delivered them out of the bondage of egypt correct Okay, follow along with me. He also parted the Red Sea. He led them to the wilderness. He provided them food and water in the wilderness. He is the one who who parted also the Jordan River. That's a miraculous way. He He also brought miraculous victory after victory to them. And right now, they possess the land. However, because of their unbelief, they did not. Uh, uh, have the entirety of the land, so you see, after that they were in the land, God gave them the land which they did not labor. the bible says, cities which they did not build, vineyards and olive yards which they planted not, and none of none of the heathen gods did these things, and yet the majority of people around Jabez still called to these. Fake gods. And that's very heartbroken in the sight of God. You understand that, right? And you see, uh, Jabez was different. The Bible says he called on the God of Israel. Not only we can see the object of his prayer, we can also see the nature of his prayer oh that oh that that speaks of and shows emotion emotion and the frequency of his prayer indicated the word cold and this was wasn't just a casual prayer or a whispered prayer this was the cry cry of faith to the god who is always faithful to those who are his and i believe that this was not just one-time prayer but a persistent one, like Jacob, who would not let God go unless He blessed him, like the man who went to his friend at midnight, wanting to and asking three loaves to his friend, and would not go unless his friend would give some bread, like the blind Bartimaeus, who would, who would not hold his peace until Jesus would show him the mercy. That's the that's the kind of prayer that Jabez did here but also we can see the content of his prayer you see the first one here oh that thou wouldest bless me in de- indeed bless me indeed his prayer his, he's praying for the things God wants him to have knowing that he serves the God who blesses his people you know in Ephesians chapter one verse 13, the Bible says, Who hath blessed us with spiritual blessings. Do you know that you have blessings? When you accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And I know that a lot of Christians, they really don't really acknowledge how rich and blessed they are in the sight of God. Because of Jesus Christ. God's blessings are the best blessings to have. And produce real effects in our lives not only he requested spiritual blessing but also a physical blessing as well look look at there enlarge my coast enlarge my coast now remember that God already gave them the land correct they promised him to have it you can all uh, you can take all of those land but a large portion of their territories was inhabited by godless people now i want you to show this so turn with me to deuteronomy chapter 19 so let's go back because it's a good uh, verse to couple with with verse 10 deuteronomy chapter 19 Deuteronomy chapter 19, verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, Wherefore I commend thee, saying, Thou shalt separate three cities for thee. And if the Lord thy God, that's the God of Israel, enlarge thy coast, as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, and give thee all the land which, the prom- which he promised to give unto thy fathers now you understand that and the reason why he's confident of going to God and God enlarge my coast because he's really asking what the will of God is in his life he's not, he's, he's not like asking God for himself he is actually asking he's, he is actually praying for the will of God now, what does the Bible say about that? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he heareth us. He heareth us. Now, another one is the request of spiritual assistance. Thy hand, thine hand might be with me. Now, of course, we know that God does not have a hand like us, correct? Because he's a spirit. Now, in in theology, it's an anthropomorphic expression, which means that God gives us the idea of his power. When When we look in the Bible and we see the hand of God, it speaks of his power. He can move anyone with his mighty hand. He can do it miraculously as well. When we say, when we look at the hand of God, he asked for spiritual assistance, God's power through his life. And we can see also, lastly here, the request for spiritual protection. That thou, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. He acknowledged that it was the hand of God or his power that keeps him from evil. What a great prayer of dependence! That's a great prayer of dependence. Many argue that it was, you know, when you know when you look at the prayer of Jabez, many argue that it was a selfish prayer. And at a glance, you would probably agree, because he often uses the words "me" and "my" five times. But if you look closely, he's actually praying. For the things God wants him to have. Now the, the, the question is, is it wrong to pray like Jabez? Is it wrong? No, I don't think so. I want to encourage you that everyone here tonight, that we need to start praying more like Jabez. He knows how to pray big. Big for the Lord, not for himself, but for the Lord. You see, Dr. F.B. Mayer writes this, There was a godly ambition which may be reverently cherished for wider influence over men, not for his own sake, but the master's. His life motto was, Make the most of me that can be made for thy glory. The British Baptist missionary statesman William Carey declared in his deathless sermon and a mission based on Isaiah chapter 54 verses 2 and 3, he said, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. And Dr. Erwin Lutzer, pastor of Moody Memorial Church in Chicago, writes in his book entitled Failure, The Back Door of Success, he said, I've always liked the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Here was a man who did not feel guilty about asking God to bless him and enlarge the influence of his life. And because he asked these things for the glory of God, the scriptures assure assure us that God granted him that which he requested. You know, don't be satisfied until you have seen God conquer the unconquerable. And we should be, so we should be honorable despite problems. We should be honorable in piety. And lastly, we should be honorable in prosperity. So look with me in verse, in verse 10. And the last a portion of the passage there, in, God granted him that which he requested. What a great answer. God answered his prayer. Although he is unknown to men, God answered his prayer because, his, because of his spiritual relationship with god he wanted to be to be used more by god god granted his request god did not just permit these things to happen to jabez god caused them to happen because he was faithful and again in first john chapter 4 verse 12 and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us Jabez 's prayer was answered in god 's time now, according to tradition Jabez's, Jabez became a spiritual leader and had a very influential relationship with his disciples and in fact, in first chronicles chapter two there's a city named Jabez i'm not sure we can't really you know pinpoint if that is the city named after him but uh, you know Jabez became a very famous during his time and I think Ezra could not overlook this man because he did something great for the Lord he probably influenced others too to be faithful to the true and living God now in fact his life still encourages believers today in the book In his book, Disciplines of Christian Life, Eric Liddell writes, Circumstances may appear to wreck our lives, but God is not helpless among the ruins. Our broken lives are not lost or useless. God's love is still working. He comes in and takes the calamity and uses it victoriously working out his wonderful plan of love. Jabez is a man who deemed very ominous because of, of pain, but went on and finished well because of his prayer life and commitment to God. He experienced spiritual victory and special recognition distinguished, distinguishes Jabez from his, from his brothers Jabez was more honorable despite problems in his life. He was more honorable despite, uh, in, uh, in piety. He's more honorable in prosperity. Now as we consider his life and his prayer tonight, Christians certainly, you and me, need this kind of prayer today. If you can see, the world and culture we live in we live in right now, are not as godly as they used to be. Just look around you. We are like Israelites amidst the Canaanites. And it is easy to sing praises to God, attend you know, church on the Lord's Day, and the rest of the week, we live like a Canaanites. It's very easy, and we are tempted to that. We are always tempted to live like the world. We are always tempted to think like the world. We are always tempted to act like the world in many ways. And we live in the age of the materialism and hedonistic culture. The world teaches us that things are more important than seeking God first and His righteousness. They educate our minds that life is all about having fun. And let me tell you that these are all contrary to, to what God wants in our lives. God wants us to, prioritize, to to prioritize things that are incorruptible, right? Because no one will take it away from you. No one can. In Matthew chapter six, verses 20 to 21, the Bible says, "But lay up for, your, for yourselves treasures in heaven where." Neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and and where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And also in Colossians chapter three verses one to three, if ye then be risen with Christ, and I believe that everyone here or most of us here are risen in Christ, we are told here seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection and things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. We need an audacious kind of prayer, like Jabez, and we need to let God manifest His power through our lives. And how can we be honorable? If we think of the life of Jabez, we think of his prayer, and we, we now think, how can we be honorable? What should we do first? Now, I think we can start with this verse. Now, turn with me to the right, Proverbs chapter 4. And I know many of you read these verses already. Proverbs chapter 4. I want you to see this. 4 verses 7 and 8. This is wisdom. talking. Wisdom. Look at that. The first just phrase. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Now look in verse 8. Exalt her, and she shall... Promote thee. Wow, that's being honor. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Is that a good verse? Right? Wisdom is the principal thing. You know, not the things in this world, but the wisdom that comes from God, from His Word, is the principal thing. I admire those people who have a lot of things to learn. You know, you know we, we have different jobs, correct? We know very much with our job, right? Because you will not be there in your job if you don't know what you're doing, correct? But how much more if we are Christian, we know things that we do in our job, plus also the things that we need to learn from the Scripture. It is sad that many Christians, you know, knows a lot of things, here in this world, but they lack even, you know, uh, like memorizing maybe 10, ten verses is a hard thing for them. Right? That's, uh, I think that's very uh, you know, unfair in, in the sight of God. But here we are encouraged here in the sight of God. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. Exalt her. And she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Now this is the key to an honorable life in the sight of God. Now it is important that we should always evaluate our Christian walk with God and ask ourselves, am I growing? Am I growing in my relationship with God? I am, am I drawing closer to, to God? If you're growing, well, praise the Lord. You know, be faithful to Him. If not, what have you allowed in your life to hinder your growth in your relationship with God? And if you're not saved tonight, what hinders you from receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You know, come. Come to Him tonight. Thank you for watching the message today.